All right. Da, 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 da. Okay, the record button has been pushed. Dear Zoom, please be nice to us. Please be nice to us. We've actually gone through this about twice. Everything is created twice, once in form, once in execution. Please, please, please. Or excuse me, thought then execution. All right, kids. This is universal grounding. Reminder, roaming around is dead and gone. So, brief explanation to wrap this all bad boy up. Roaming around consumed Zachary Shiloh, ladies and gentlemen out there. It was time for Zachary Shiloh to actually set his hiney down and actually get grounded. Not only grounded, but grounded by the universe, hence the name. Universal grounding in Black Lion's domain. And I am in love with this uh, show's name right now. It's getting me into what we prefer to call the flow state, kids. So we have a wonderful, wonderful guest. She's cute. She's bubbly. She's got an inner child that my inner child is attracted to. Uh, she's an author, a mommy, a business owner. She's got so much going on, and then we will be discussing it like there's no tomorrow. But she's actually on borrowed time, kids, so we'll try and make it work as fast as we can. All right, so welcome to Universal Grounding, Jenna Hernandez. How are you, my dear? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well, especially when a certain somebody is actually uh, wanting to talk about you. That's not my inner child. Hi, Linda. We're, I know. Okay. So Linda says she's available Tuesday. Oh. So, uh, yes, that's fine. And you said from 11 to 3 or after 4, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Congratulations, kids. You're actually getting to hear Zachary Shiloh actually make a message. Okay. Or after 4. Your choice, Mom. All right. So, Jenna, would you like to give the kids in the background a little bit about who you are and what you're from? Sure. So, um, I grew up in New York City. And then I went to college in Boston, Massachusetts. And I spent a good 10 years there. And um, yeah, I met my husband there and we had two kids. Um, 
and seven years later we were divorced and I decided to escape to the country um, and so yeah I live in the country in central Virginia now and I'm just loving it here um, so that's a little bit about where I'm from and I would say that I would say that I'm a diversity and inclusion consultant um, and I am a gender-based violence technical expert and I've worked with survivors for the last 10 years of domestic violence sexual assault and stalking and um yeah I'm just like super grateful um for coming on the show having this platform um just been uh, Reiki 2 certified so that I can be a practitioner Ooh. and I'm just really excited to bring that piece and um, you know create this hybrid healing for uh, for survivors so I'm super excited um, to continue changing uh, changing work environments toxic work cultures um, as well as working with individuals who have experienced um, narcissistic abuse or dating violence um, or sexual assault, et cetera. And so, yeah, I'm super, super excited uh, to talk about those things and um, and to just be on this show with you. It's it's amazing. We I feel like we have like our own little family online. It's it's pretty amazing the community that we've all that we all share at this point. It's it's amazing. Um, all through the connection of Blair Hayes, you know, our publisher. Hi, Blair. Hi, Blair. <laughs> yeah, it's just, um, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible, you know, um, just like the connection that, that we all have with each other, you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, the law of attraction uh, is just such a powerful, powerful thing uh, to believe in. And I, and I do. And I think that that is one of the reasons why I'm here today with you is because like-minded people go to like-minded sources and, uh, you know, this community that we've found ourselves in, we're all the same, you know, we're entrepreneurs and we um, want to elevate people to be the best versions of themselves. And we want to tackle some really, really deep life issues um, because everyone has them. You know, no one is no one is quote unquote normal. Like, what is what even is normal? You know, um, and just you know, embrace each other and and give opportunities for the for that healing to take place. And I think that you know the community that um, that we share amongst our business coaches and our other entrepreneurs have been such a great um, source of guidance and love and acceptance that I wish everyone could be a part of, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I think that, you know, the people who are meant to be connected, they, they will eventually, they will be connected. And, um, and we are all connected. And I think that that's just so like amazing, right? So yeah. Yes, it is. Oh man, did you see the cover for uh, They Are Magic today? I did, and I loved it. I love the baby blue. I love how they incorporated the baby blue and they still went with the gold. And uh, uh, it's, it's, very, it's very beautiful. Um, I, love, I love that this book is inclusive of men. Um, 
I just, I, you know, I'm all for inclusivity and belongingness. And uh, this book will encompass that, you know. Um, I was, you know, as an author, obviously, you know that I was an author in- um, She is magic too, kids. She's magic too, yeah. And that was just like a whirlwind experience. Um, you know, I've always wanted to be an author. I've always loved writing. I, you know, I used to create short stories when I was like nine or 10, I would like make up these like crazy stories and, um, you know, they were pretty good. And, you know, throughout high school, I used to, you know, get a lot of compliments from my teachers um, who would pull my work uh, to show, you know, to show the rest of the classes. And for whatever reason, you know, I never pursued English. I never pursued uh, authorship. I never pursued any of those things. I just, for me, it was like one of those pipe dreams that I didn't think ever would happen. And, you know, I had all these experiences essentially pent up, you know, um, waiting to just come out. And, you know, I could have done speaking engagements. Um, I could, you know, but instead, I just so happened to come across Blair Hayes through um, an intuitive reader who I have been following for about a year now. And I saw Blair on, um, on her uh, feed and Blair was talking about something personal that she was going through. And I just like felt like I needed to message her and I did. And it just blossomed into like this amazing collaborative work, like working relationship and their magic two came out and I was part of that collaboration. And it was just such a surreal experience. Um, and it really just, you know, it, it just like made me want to help others share their story and not only help others share their story, but like help others heal in the process. Um, because not everyone is ready to share their story. And I take that extremely seriously. Um, some people are just not ready to quote unquote out themselves. Right. And, um, you know, there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of hurt. Um, when you go through an experience such as domestic violence or sexual assault and stalking and, um, you know, it, it, it takes a lot. It, it's, you have to have an incredible amount of strength to, to survive every day in it. And you need to have an incredible amount of strength to get out of it. And you need to have even more strength to be able to share it um, and, and be in the space where you can share your story um, so that you can impact other people. And, you know, some people are just not there yet. And, um, and we need to like learn how to like respect that and not victim blame and, you know, understand the dynamics of the situation, you know, cause I, I can't tell you how many times in my career as a case manager, as someone who provided supportive counseling, as someone who was uh, providing crisis intervention, um, and even through the prevention education work that I've done in higher education, um, and in the nonprofit field, I cannot begin to tell you how many times people have questioned why didn't she or they just leave, right? And it's just such a huge and heavy question um, that just people just don't understand the dynamics of it. And you can't possibly understand what it's like if you haven't been in that situation. Um, and so, 
yeah, so I really just love breaking down that, those conversations and um, really just putting the word out there so that people can be a little bit more empathetic um, to victims um, and survivors. And I, I use those two terms ex- interchangeably. Um, to me, they're the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, victimization and survivorship are exactly the same thing. It's just how people want to identify themselves as. And um, yeah, and so anyway, so yeah, it was just like a completely like freakish moment where like, I didn't know Blair at all. I wasn't following Blair. I had no idea who she was um, when she was on uh, Justine's um, post. I had no clue who she was. She just said something and I just, you know, I felt like responding to her because I could, I could essentially feel whatever it was that she was going through. And I was like, I need to talk to this girl. And um, it just, you know, it just, it's crazy how friendships can form online. Like it's, it's so crazy how you can build a community of people that you can trust um, just, just through the computer you know? Um, so yeah. And I think a lot of the groups that are, that are out there, you know, they're a platform for people to share what they're going through and share their despair. Like I'm in a lot of different groups on Facebook and on Instagram. And I just, I see a lot of wallowing and sometimes people need that, right? Like they need a space to just vent, you know? Um, and I would just, I'm, I'm truly like looking forward to having a group where we take action. And I think that that's what my diversity and inclusion uh, group on Facebook is all about is taking action and, and understanding, um, you know, the laws and, you know, um, the systemic racism that happens within our work cultures, um, the toxic work behaviors, toxic work cultures, all of those things are so incredibly um, important to understand and, you know, in order to tackle those problems, right? Like you have to know what the root cause of it. And a lot of it is toxicity. A lot of it is power and control. Um, that's where a lot of this stems from is power um, and control. And those are the foundations of a domestic violence relationship is, you know, in relationships are always kind of figuring out how to balance each other's power and, and who has the most control, et cetera. And when that gets really toxic and when one person is using that control and power over another, that is what domestic violence is. And it can be, it can be, um, it can be carried out through so many different ways, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, right? Like there's so many different ways, financial abuse, economic abuse, like so many different ways that someone can have power and control over another human being. And, you know, essentially we're like stripping that other person's rights and that, and that other person's love and heart and money and um, humanity essentially, and it's wrong. And you see a lot of that um, in toxic work cultures as much as you do in homes. And so, you know, what I would say to, you know, people out there who think they might be a victim, I would say that you're most definitely not alone. Um, Unfortunately, statistics of domestic violence are vast, you know, one out of four women, one out of seven men, um, 
in, in transgender and LGBTQ plus uh, relationships or even higher statistics um, because of those uh, gender roles uh, not being quote the norm, right? And so like, there's just so, it's, it's everywhere, right? It's, it's, it's tox, toxicity is everywhere. And um, the world needs to start healing that. The world needs to start looking at, you know, each individuals as introspective as possible. Like individuals need to be introspective as possible and do their inner child work, do, you mm -hmm. know, um, the healing and find that, that place of groundingness, find that place of spirituality and, you know, shake the ego, shake the ego off and, you know, commit to being a better person. Um, I, I still feel like people are good even after all the experiences that I've been through. I, I still choose love every day um, because I, I feel like people are naturally good, but just some people have, you know, have, have gotten lost along the way. And um, one of the things that I target in my business is generational trauma. Um, I, I find it completely fascinating um, because a lot of people, you know, they'll they'll internally say that they're a victim but they don't know why they don't know why that's happening to them and i think education um is a form of medicine to me you know like i i love to understand the social constructs that create a person right like what did this person go through what were what were their socioeconomic what was their socioeconomic economic status? Were they from a divorced family? Um, were they poor? Were they rich? You know, what did they experience? Um, because our experiences play a role in how we act towards others and how we feel internally about ourselves. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's really, it's, it's a powerful transformation is so powerful when it's introspected, right? Like, Placing blame is okay because blame can be placed. However, when you do the inner child work and you do the spirituality work on yourself, you have control of your life and your situations and, um, and you have the power to change it. And a lot of people who are victims and survivors of these crimes, because um, that's what they are, they're crimes, um, that gets lost. You know, their voices get lost, they're not heard. Um, and it can be, it, it, it can be like, it can be very destructive. And, and some people can even internalize that destruction and then it can lead to things like substance abuse addiction, suicide, um, you know, um, not being so great of a parent, right? Like they can continue the cycle of abuse and use that cycle against their children, against their pets, against their loved ones. So at some point, we have to just say, stop the shit. Sorry, I don't know if we can curse here, but. Uh, hold on a second, kids. Reminder, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Reminder, ladies and gentlemen, that if you are a guest of Roaming Around, I mean, and not Roaming Around, excuse me, Universal Grounding. Universal Grounding. Thank you. Thank you, my dear. I actually have to get used to this. Pardon me. Mm -hmm. All right. So anybody asking about the language on this show, 
It is the uncensored zone. So go ahead, blast away. Yeah, people need to stop the shit. You know, we all have to, we all have to do, I mean, everyone has an inner child. There's not one person that doesn't, right? And so I would say in the last two years, I have explored this entirely new world of what that, what that is, what spirituality even is. I mean, like, listen, I grew up Catholic and my grandfather used to take me uh, to church all the time and it never sat well with me ever. Um, And I questioned faith a lot. I questioned God a lot. Um, I questioned if there was even a God because the things that I was going through when I was at such a young age, I was like, how could this be? Or if there is a God, then God must hate me because I'm getting the, you know, I'm getting like the shit end of the stick. You know what I mean? Like what is going on? Um, and, uh, and, you know, it, you know, abuse, you know, the, like I, I, I survived, um, a pretty interesting childhood, um, in terms of when it came to discipline, you know, I think my, my, grandparents, my grandmother, especially, you know, she was a native in Puerto Rico and, you know, she was, um, this wonderful person and like my confidant and like my best friend, um, you know, but it didn't stop her from, you know, taking a belt out or shoes or wooden spoons, you know what I mean? To discipline me. And, um, back then, you know, I think, you know, when she raised me that, that was the way of the world. Like that is how you discipline your children. And, um, again, that generational trauma, right? Like that ended up spilling into my mother's generation who, you know, who unfortunately married, um, eventually married someone who uh, felt the same way. Um, That, you know, this is how you discipline children is, you know, you scare the crap out of them. You hit them, you verbally abuse them. You, you know, you, you scare them to the point where they're, you know, sleeping, you know, with knives under their pillows. and, uh, that was like my, that was my life, you know? And, um, it was scary, man. Like social services would come to my house and, um, they would walk away because of who my, because of who my stepfather was, you know, he was in law enforcement and, um, you know, so it was like, well, my, my parents aren't protecting me. My grandparents aren't protecting me. My aunts, uncles, they all feel the same way. You know, now I've got the system not protecting me. Right. So it's like, what the hell is going on? Like, how am I going to get out of this? Um, and I got to say, man, like, I am proud of myself. Like I, I can, I can feel good about saying that I survived it. And that I'm not a typical statistic of someone who has a high A score. Um, because, you know, my A score is, is so incredibly high um, that, you know, I probably should be either in jail or dead at this point um, from, the, from the stuff that I went through, you know, the sexual abuse when I was younger, um, as well from a family member. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that in and of itself broke me too, you know? And so there, I didn't really have a safe space when I was, when I was a kid. Um, and I got to tell you that, you know, the experiences that I went through when I was a child, 
and growing up as a child and the things that I saw witnessed that didn't even necessarily like impact me personally. It impacted me personally just because I was witnessing it. Um, you know, we take a lot of those things for granted and we take light of those things of what children see or what children hear or things like that. And we internalize it. We most definitely internalize it and it becomes part of our lived experience when we're here on this earth and we do what we wish with it because we don't know what to do with it other than to just act it out. And so that victimization um, was instilled in me at a very, very early age and it didn't get better. Um, and it truly crippled me uh, going forward because, um, you know, when I, when I did have the opportunity to leave the household um, and move out of there, um, my ticket out in my mind was education. And gratefully, I had a mother who understood that I needed to get out of there too. Now, granted, she didn't protect me, but she understood that if I stayed, it wouldn't be good for anybody. And so thankfully and gratefully, she did help me leave and you know, but a lot of it was me. I had to, I had to do the hard work. I had, you know, I was working three jobs. I was 18. I had a very weird first few years of college experience. You know, a lot of kids who went to community college, they lived at home, you know, they saved money. They lived at home. They didn't live in dorms, things like that. Um, that wasn't my experience. I moved an hour and a half away from home. I had my own little studio apartment. I worked three jobs, to, three jobs to support myself. I had a beat up car and I went to school at night. Um, and this is from someone who completely like failed in high school. I mean, like I, I was like a, probably like a C minus student, uh, probably got like 660 on my SATs, which was like terrible at that time. Um, I think I probably even showed up like like super hungover too. Um, if oh, I remember wow. correctly. Yeah, I mean like, yeah, I mean, what, you know, what goes on in your house every day affects you, okay? It, it, it affects everything. It affects your self-esteem. It affects your academic performance. It affects how you are at work. It affects your mental well-being. It affects your physical well-being. I mean, it literally, I mean, abuse can take over your entire body and mind. And that was just like proof of it, you know, how I was performing in school what I chose to do outside of school, you know, drugs, drinking, um, hanging out with people I shouldn't be hanging out with. I was hanging out with people that were, you know, six to like 10 years older than I was when I was like 14. Like who does that? Right. Like I was, I, you know, you know, I grew up fast. I grew up so fast. Like my, I mean, my kids are right now nine and six and I was nothing like them when I was, when, you know, when I was nine and six, like I could take on the world when I was nine years old. Um, that's exact. that's how I felt anyway. Cause I was like, I've been through most of it. So might as well just keep on pushing, you know, but I can say that, you know, I'm super proud of myself where I am now because I killed it. You know, I knew that that was my opportunity. I knew that that was my shot and I didn't let that shot go to waste. And I killed it. I graduated community college with a 4.0. And um, even though I was in a seriously uh, horrible uh, domestic violence relationship, which I wrote about and She Is Magic too. Um, and even though I didn't have the support around me, um, because again, I was, I was isolated, you know, I didn't have RAs. 
there were no RAs around me. Um, there were certainly no adults around me that I knew that would, you know, empathize or help me. Um, and uh, yeah, and it even, you know, it just, it spilled in, I mean, those, those two years, I mean, the dude like moved in with me like right away. Like he just like moved in with me right away. Um, which is a, which is a bad sign, by the way, when you just move in with someone, um, within like a day of knowing them, it's probably not a great idea. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was tough. It was tough to experience at that time. And, you know, I was, I was most definitely once again, a statistic, but I, you know, I overcame it and I, and it was hard, you know? It was definitely hard. Um, I remember standing, like I, I was taking American Sign Language interpreting classes and I would never, I'll never forget the the one experience that I had. I had to do a presentation in, in ASL and I stood up in front of the class and like, listen, like I'm a pretty confident person. But when I stood up in front of that class at that time, my hands, my fingers, my, my whole body really was just trembling so bad that I don't even know how anyone in the class and the teacher was able to um, understand what, what the hell I was saying. Like, I mean, I had such anxiety um, and such depression that I couldn't even sign. And I've been signing at such a very young age. And the fact that I couldn't, it, it's almost like when someone stutters, imagine someone like just duh, 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 right? Like just stuttering with your hands basically. Um, mm -hmm. And it wasn't because I didn't know the language. It wasn't because I was nervous about the presentation. It wasn't because I had stage fright. It was none of that. It was because I was drowning. I was freaking drowning inside because of what was happening at home. And thankfully that teacher pulled me aside and had a conversation with me. And um, it was the first time that I ever told anyone um, that I was, I was living with an abuser, um, you know, that he was, he was, you know, marking me and bruising me and, and verbally abusing me and, and all these different things. Um, and, uh, you know, thankfully she gave me a break and uh, she let me retest with just her. And she allowed me to keep my GPA up. And because of that teacher, it gave me a little bit more confidence that I wasn't alone in this specific situation. And I graduated um, with like a 4.0 in community college after going through all of that, going to night school and working three jobs. And I thought that that was it for me because you know i didn't have like a role model like no one told me that you're going like you're going to go places like no one ever told me that you know what i mean no one ever told me that i was smart no one ever told me that i was going places no one ever told me that college was my was my life was my answer um when i graduated high school i for sure thought that i was just going to work and pretty much like be, you know, poor all my life, you know, and, and just work these retail jobs. And, and, um, I accepted that for myself. I just totally accepted it. I, the, the only thing that was on my mind at the time was I need to get the hell out of my house. That's all I care. That's all I cared about was I needed to get out of this environment. I didn't care what my future looked like. I just knew I needed to do that at least. 
Um, so I didn't really have a plan. I really didn't. Um, I, I never intended to go to school. It was just like a fluke that happened. Um, and it was a fluke when I got into Northeastern University too. It was a complete fluke. Um, I, one, when me and one of my friends, we were just hanging out one, one day and um, we were just talking about, you know, like we're gonna, you know, the two years is up, what are we gonna do? And she wanted to be a professional dancer. And she's like, what are you gonna do? And I was like, I don't know, work at Macy's, you know? That's where I was working, work at Macy's, work at Starbucks, you know? Um, and uh, she was like, well, let's just like, let's just like look up like American Sign Language Interpreting Schools. And there's like two in the country, three actually, but one of them was a community college. And she found Northeastern University. And I can't even tell you, I didn't even know where Boston was. I, I never even left New York um, besides going to Virginia and family road trips and things like that. I didn't know where Boston was. Um, and I never even imagined what it would be like to go away to school and do the whole like dorm thing and living with like random people and being on a big campus. Like none of that ever crossed my mind because I didn't grow up with that dream. I didn't grow up with parents who went to school and had and had an education, all that stuff. That just wasn't in my cards. Um, and, uh, you know, she found it for me and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. She's like, yeah, you know, maybe apply. And I'm like, you know, and the thing is, I didn't even research the school, didn't even research it. And I promise you that if I had, I probably wouldn't have applied because I would have psyched myself out and I would have told myself that there's no way in hell that I'd be able to get into such a prestigious school. Because just two years ago, I was a C minus student. I bombed my SATs. Like there's just no way that I could get into such a prestigious school. Um, and, and, and besides like the school was like 50,000 or $40,000 a year at that point. And I had no idea. I didn't know any of this because I was like, just, going through the motions. Like I had no clue. Like I had no academic advisor, no financial advisor. Like I didn't have someone, you know, editing my, my, um, my, uh, essays and things like that, you know, to, to apply like none of that. I didn't have any support whatsoever. Um, I, I paid my own entrance fee, uh, to get in my own application fee to get in. I knew nothing. I never spoke to one academic advisor or nothing. And I just, did what they asked. I gave them everything that they wanted, all of the essays and the grades and everything else. And I was like, eh. and I was like, eh, whatever happens, happens. And, um, you know, I promise you that if more people um, didn't give too much thought into things, they wouldn't be psyching themselves out as much. You know, um, there's just so much, there's so much in this world out there that it's like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't, right? Like there's like, oh, but this, oh, but this, oh, but what about this? And you know what? If it's something that's meant for you, it'll happen. And that's exactly what happened. It happened. And I ended up going to Northeastern University. Um, and that's when the domestic violence relationship ended at that point. And you could read that in She Is Magic too, exactly what happened. Um, it wasn't pretty. Um, it was a little scary when I was uh, going through it, but you know, it happened. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that kind of like brings me to like that point in my life where I was just, you know, working and studying and um, I ended up getting like a work study position um, at the college and it was a educational trainer. 
And I was like, I have no idea what this is, but I'm just going to apply to it. And um, I did. And I met with the, the woman there and she, uh, for some reason, saw something in me and she gave me the job. And I knew nothing about domestic violence. I knew nothing about sexual assault or about the dynamics. And it was so, um, it was just like such an aha moment for me when I started learning that there's like literally a system. It's almost like they give people textbooks, but they don't, but it's like, they kind of do almost because it's like, it's any person, any survivor that I've ever spoken to has a very similar story. And the degrees of hatred and the degrees of abuse are varied, but it's very much the same. It all comes back to the power and control um, and using that against another person. And so um, it was just such an aha moment for me. And I was like, this is what I wanna do. I want to, I wanna do this. I wanna prevent this from happening. I wanna eradicate this. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been my life's mission, really. I mean, I've worked with people with disabilities who are experiencing gender-based violence. I've worked in colleges, um, worked with college students as well. Like they're near and dear to my heart. I love working with, with young students. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and I just, and I love having the conversations about what people go through at work, you know, um, and how, you know, employers, unfortunately, like they don't even see that they're the problem. They never do. Um, or that they could be the solution to helping someone um, survive such a traumatic experience that they're living day in and day out. Um, and so, yeah, I'm rambling at this point. But yeah, I mean, I think that that really truly like sums up essentially like who I am and what I'm about. You didn't ramble on, sweetheart. I will actually take a little bit of pressure off you right now. Yeah. I will take a little bit of pressure off you. I'll expose myself a little bit. All right, kids. For those of you that are familiar with me, I did this uh, universal grounding, or at the time, roaming around with... Uh, my dear fiance, first fiance named Mel Mel. Towards the end, I said something along the lines of this. <clears throat> My name is Zachary Shiloh, and I am a lover of past lives. Well, I'm bringing that line back, but here's the difference to that point. <clears throat> My name is Zachary Shiloh. I'm a lover of past lives. I was a female in one life called Julia Sophia. I was a rape victim. I actually did have a child out of rape. <clears throat> Not only that, I was a lesbian. I was abused for being a lesbian. I couldn't be who I was happily until my true life's partner came into the picture at that point. So I know what it's like to really be in domestic relationships that don't go quite so well. The floor is all yours. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it's not crazy. It's it's enlightening. Um, there's actually a show on Netflix right now. Um, I can't think of the title of it. I don't know if you know what I'm about to say. Um, but it, it talks about past lives. It talks about past lives. It talks about 
um, like mediumship. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very interesting show. I I've only, I've only watched it, uh, two or three times, but, um, what you're saying is just so truthful, you know, and it's just brave, you know, it's a brave thing to share, um, that you had a past life and you are, a believer in that and that that is your truth and of who you were in your past life and how those and how that and the fact that you're conscious of it is incredible um because not a lot of people are conscious about their past lives um and so the fact that you're conscious about it um is is really it's fascinating um and it's just very brave that you um are using this platform to share about it and to share who you are, um, especially, you know, even if it's not your lived experience today, you know, the fact that you're stating that you um, were a victim of rape and a survivor of a of an of abuse, um, you know, it's it literally is the same exact feeling, right? It's like you know what that feels like, and mm-hmm. um, you can't. You, there's just no discrediting it. There's no discounting it, um, and so. I thank you so much for adding that, um, to the show. Um, you know, yeah. I I mean, especially for a man to, to do it, you know, um, (laughs) the gender norms kind of kill me, you know, um, what a man is supposed to be like and who they're supposed to be and what women are supposed to be. Um, you know, that's all social construct bullshit, basically. Um, you know, that's where toxic masculinity comes from, right? And feminism, like all these different things. If everyone just kind of like focused on just being good people, that would be great. Um, you know, cause we're all human. We we're all, we're all here on this earth, uh, living life. Right. Um, but there's, you know, there's other dimensions to our world. You know, like we're living in like the third dimension, but there's like fourth and fifth ones, right? So like, it's just like, there's just so many other dimensions that we could reach if we had this level of consciousness like you have, or like, you know, maybe like my Reiki master has or something like that. Like there's just so many different levels of consciousness. And, you know, it wasn't like, I had no, I had like, literally like, this is so incredibly new for me. Like I was saying, like the last two years, I had none, I had no idea about any of this. Like, if you told me that two years ago, I would probably be like, huh? Like, I just, I was just one of those people who was just like so self-absorbed into like what, what was right in front of me, what was real, what was the truth, what, what is the truth was right in front of me. I had no idea about inner child work. I had no idea of uh, somatics and trauma and like how those things play together. I had no idea about Reiki and about cord cutting and, uh, gratitude work and not, and I mean, Gabby Bernstein, like who, who is that? Like there was just, mm. you know, so many things, um, that I have just learned in the last two years about myself and about my work and about the people that I've worked with in the past. And I just wish so badly that I had that knowledge and the faith and uh, the will to be able to use the things that I know now 
um, to open up other people's minds and hearts, you know? Um, because it's just, it's so incredibly powerful when you go, when, when you accept that this is just a little piece of it. Like our living experience is just this tiny piece of who we are. You know, we're put on this earth, you know, for some sort of purpose, some sort of soul's purpose. But sometimes, you know, your purpose is just to be, right? It, it's to just live life and experience life in this body, in this lifetime. Um, and I think the Disney movie Soul, by the way, which I just watched with my children, um, was a great movie at explaining that. That people just, we have this tendency of creating these titles and, and being so wrapped up into the social construct of a career. You know, like what is a career? Um, they allow the word career define who they are. Um, and in that, in that Disney movie soul, um, you know, this soul was just so incredibly like stuck on that. Like they were just so stuck. They just wanted to be this like one thing so badly for their entire lives that they missed so much of their life because they were just so focused on what they wanted to do and what they wanted to be when they grew up instead of just being and living and being aware and being conscious and experiencing other people and using their their heart, their soul to impact other people on this planet, other people on this earth. They're, they're missing vital connections with people. Um, and it's just really sad. It's really sad sometimes when you when you sit back and look at just how disconnected we are. You know, I praise the internet for bringing all of us together, for bringing this group this community together, but I look at my kids and I'm a little scared about their future because they just seem so disconnected from other people because of the internet, because of the tablets, because of the video games and all that stuff. It's like, we've got this, mm -hmm. you know, we've got this huge, big backyard, like go outside with the dog and play. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I got this dog. Like I am fostering a dog because I just, I couldn't bear like watching them anymore just hi molly yeah <laughs> she she ran out of the house today that was fun <laughs> she literally snuck around me and flew like she just jet and we're not in a fenced backyard at all and uh -oh. i see if this dog was ever going to come back if i was going to see this dog but we just got her yesterday um and she is truly a sweetheart but you know, with fosters, you just never know. And I've never fostered before. I've never fostered any, any pet before. And it, it's, it's been a, it's been an awesome experience. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Oh man, that is quite a ride for you. And yeah. I remember uh, Blair putting out one day, like, how do you want to be known in this book you gave her your full name and that kind of inspired me a little bit so kids get ready to be amazed right now because i have something to get off my chest all right so you've known me by the name of zachary shiloh shiloh is not my last name i prefer it to be my last name because of privacy issues. 
in this world that we live in, especially with internet trackers and trollers and identity theft. I didn't want my last name to be uh, used in a bad way for my family to have their own identities exposed and lost. So I made a conscious decision to go with my middle name as my last name when I'm online. But because of our uh, dear Blair <laughs> and that uh, presence about her, I felt a sense of calm. I felt that I could trust her with my full name. So for anybody that's listening and has been a listener for a long time and you knew me before uh, this all became together, now you know that my middle name is my last name, but my true name, ladies and gentlemen, is Zachary Shiloh Watts. I will be known as that in They Are Magic. But you can still call me Zachary Shiloh, babes. I prefer that. Yeah, I call you Shiloh, to be honest with you. Every time I like talk, every time I talk about you, I'm like, oh, Shiloh. Like, I just like use one of your names. I'm just like, I like, I really like Shiloh. Like, I dig the Shiloh. So I'm like, oh, Shiloh. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, I'm I like the Shiloh right now. I'm blushing yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, I like it. I like Shiloh. I think that's such a good, like, stage name for you. Or just for anyone, really. It's just like a cool name. Like, it's like so original and like, you just don't hear it very often. Oh, thank you. Okay, and I'll explain how the uh, shadow bit came into play. All right, so I've exposed myself. My full name, again, ladies and gentlemen, is Zachary Shadow Watts. So I was known for my full name for an X amount of years. And one day I did a search on my first and last name. And like many other people in the world, like, for example, there's plenty of Michael Jacksons and there's only one Michael Joseph Jackson. I found out that there was other Zachary Watts. I said, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. My name's not original at all. This is not original at all. And then all of a sudden, I came up with it. I said, oh, but there's only one Zachary Shiloh. There's only one Zachary Shiloh. That's me. And lo and behold, I was. And I said, yes, that's going to stick. And plus, people were telling me they like my middle name anyway. So why not use it as a pseudo last name or a better last name? Can't get any better than that, kids. Seriously. Oh, man. Oh, man. And I've been blessed actually out of this for like how many years now? It's got to be like maybe three to four. Either which way, I love it. And I'm not treating uh, Zachary Shiloh for anything. Nothing at all. I'm living in my true power, kid. I encourage you to do the same. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that story. Uh, so Blair, I know you're listening, hon. Uh, <clears throat> My name in They Are Magic, again, dear, is Zachary Shiloh Watts. I'm owning that name. 
Yes, and I love it. Own it. As an author for you. But, but kids online, I prefer Zachary Shiloh. Don't call me Mr. Watts. That's my father. Zachary Shiloh is who I am. That's awesome. Bottom line. I love that. All right. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad that you're like, making owning fun. your name, honestly. I think that's like really important because I think, you know, I, I felt, honestly, I felt, um, very similar to you when I was doing my website, you know, like I didn't know what to call my website. I didn't know what to, you know, I wasn't sure necessarily the direction that I wanted to go to with my business. And I think that, you know, all of these things that like we're experiencing is like, um, you know, entrepreneurs, it's like, you know, what do you, what do you do? Right. And it's like you, the, the best way to describe yourself is through your name, like your name and your reputation is what you have to work with. And, um, people will get to know you and your name anyway. So why not own it? So I love that, you know, that you guys had that conversation and that you took her uh, advice for that because I, I too, like I was very, um, very close of publishing, of, you know, co um, publishing this book um, as an anonymous writer because I wasn't sure if I was ready to, to link my name to my stories to link my name to my lived experiences in this lifetime. I was really, you know, I, I, you know, I can talk about my stories to anybody, but when you have it in print, you know, that, that book can reach anybody just like this podcast can, you know, this podcast can reach anybody's ears. Um, and that book is just the same. It can reach anyone's ears um, or eyes, I should say anyone's eyes. And so <laughs> It was, you know, it was, it was, it was a little difficult for me to let go of that control and just be like, you know what, this is my truth. This is my lived experience. And this story is going to help people who can relate to these stories. And so that's why in They Are Magic, I'm going to be sharing a story about narcissistic abuse, which was far beyond um it, it's even it's just hard to write about just to, just to be able to take narcissistic abuse and truly break that down and how I overcame that and how I healed from that I, I still don't really know how I'm gonna do it um I'm in second edits right now and um it's really tough it's really tough to be able to display um such like a horrible horrible um event um, and again, putting my name attached to it, it's like, there's no hiding from it. There's no hiding from the truth. There's no hiding from that lived experience. The only thing you can do is have faith in that this story is going to prevent other victims from experiencing um, that type of abuse, experiencing um, that type of sorrow, that type of hurt um that's that's why we write right like we write to release and to share and hopefully to impact the people who pick it up and want to read it and so i i feel you on that i feel you on the name thing so much um because i i truly had trouble with that too it's like well what if they find me what if these abusers find me what if they or you know what if what if an employer finds out what are they going to think of me 
if an employer reads this, you know what I mean? Like if I ever wanted to go back into the workforce, you know, what are they going to, what are they going to say? And it even took me a lot of courage to put the book, to put the published book on my resume and on my LinkedIn account, because even as, I mean, I was super proud of the book. I was super proud of my work. I was super proud of um, that, you know, all the proceeds, you know, were donated to St. Jude's. I like, I loved everything about the process and about, um, about doing it. But a part of me was a little frightened that I am maybe putting a little bit too much of myself out there. But the, the, the point is, is that, you know, the right people are going to pick up that book. The right people are going to buy our book, They Are Magic. The right people bought uh, the previous books. And it's going to get into the hands of people who truly need it, who truly need to feel that magic um, and who need that inspiration. Um, and the clients that I'm going to be working with in the future uh, to heal some of this inner child things, right? Like I love the fact mm. that I'm a light worker now and that I'm, I have the ability to use the 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 light worker uh, piece of me with, with the Reiki, um, you know, having been certified as like Reiki two, and then also taking my professional knowledge and all of the conferences that I went to, um, you know, the sexual assault conferences and all of the domestic violence trainings and the rape crisis work and, you know, all of these very professional experiences that I've had up to this point and bridge the spirituality piece and the professional experience piece together and create a program for people um, that they can not only be heard and that they can bend and be heard, but that, that they can truly start to begin to heal and take action and, and make their lives what they want it to be. Because it's never, ever, 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 ever too late. You can be, you can be 18 years old like I was, or you can be, uh, you know, 60, doesn't matter. 70, doesn't matter. At any point, one decision can change your entire life. Um, and some people, uh, you know, just truly need that support to be able to make that change. Um, and that's what I'm here for. That's what I, that's what I do best. Like I make shit happen. Um, I, 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 any of my clients, um, up to this far, like would literally say, like, if you ask them, what is like one of Jenna's like super strengths is that I make shit happen. I, I'm just a killer case manager. Like I just know how to put things together. Um, I'm totally like clear cognizant. Like I just, I, I know, I just, I have this knowing in me that, um, I just know how to solve problems. Um, and solving problems is a great piece to have, but you can also lose that empathy, right? Like you can also lose like the empathy and all of the task oriented objectives that you have planned for today. Um, and you can kind of lose you know, yourself in the work of um, getting this person out of a, of a serious, you know, situation. Um, and I've learned that that's not what it's all about. It's not just getting that person to leave. It's, it's beyond that. It's getting that person to leave and it's getting that person to understand where that trauma came from and how to prevent that trauma from continuing. 
in future generations. It's to cut that generational cord. It's to say, this ends with me and I deserve better. And I'm not going to allow the patterns of my inner child um, continue, right? Like that trauma is just a repetitive trauma and it looks very different in many different situations, many different circumstances. Um, and it, it truly is up to us and we, we have to be able to feel empowered to say, my life is gonna be different. And, and it, it's very difficult because I know people have kids, people have their finances wrapped up, people have living situations, right? Especially now it's COVID. So it's like what, you know, domestic violence has risen exponentially because of COVID because people are literally so stuck and they just can't get out. Um, but they can, and it's, it's really just truly being empowered to do so. Um, so I, I really just, I, I know how to take the tactical things and put those together, like all the pieces of those puzzles. Like I, I get that part so, so much so, but now with the work, the ego work, the shadow work, the inner child work, all of those things, all of these terms were so new to me two years ago. And um, I practiced Reiki for um, about nine months myself with a Reiki master. And I just said to myself, I said, you know, this is truly the only thing that has woken me up from this, from this generational trauma. This is the only thing that has put me in a position to look inward instead of outward. And that's very different than saying that um, victims need to stop calling themselves victims. Like victimization is a, is a crime in and of itself. It's not what I'm saying. And I think whoever has an opinion is, is just severely mistaken. Um, regardless, I'm always going to be a victim because you know what? Those things ha happen to me those things happen to me and that is my truth. And I, there's, there's no way of taking that back. There's, there's nothing I can do about that. Um, I am a victim. I am a survivor. Um, and I own that part of me. I own that piece of me, but what I also own is my future. And I own what happens from today going forward. Even if we continue to find ourselves in the same position that we were with other abusive people or with people who are not the best fit for each other, you, you, there's always, you always have a choice. You always have a choice. And, and while that choice may never be super, super clear, um, at any point in your life, when you feel that instinct, that intuition that I've always ignored, like, oh my gosh, Zachary, I've always ignored my intuition. I didn't even know, like, I felt it, you know, I, I knew it was there. I felt it but I, I just completely ignored it. I, I thought that it was more of a feeling that should be felt versus something that I should act upon and something that I should know what it is that I'm feeling and why it is that I'm feeling this way. And that if I'm feeling this way, then I might need to do something about it, whether that's to exit, whether that's to shut up, whether that, you know, like my flight or, fight or flight response was totally like all over the place. Cause like, I was so used to fighting. I was so used to fighting. I was so used to, to flighting. I was, I was used to both of them because of the lived experiences that I've been through. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, like 
it's it's just everyone has a choice and i believe that you know it's our responsibility to heal our planet and we do that by healing the survivors by healing the victims um by doing shadow work by doing the inner child work um but then also on the prevention end of it you know we need more prevention and ambassadors like we need more people to do the work too like we need people who have abusive tendencies or who have power and control issues to take a step back away from their ego and say, okay, maybe I need to shift my perspective. Maybe I, maybe just own that, you know, cause listen, we we're not born on earth, like as healthy, like the healthiest people in the world, we were socially constructed to be this way. And there's just so much shame in like being an abuser as well, just as much as there is being a victim. There's a lot of shame, there's a lot of guilt. Um, and you know the difference is is that one is empathic and the other one isn't quite much so but one is willing to work on themselves the other may not be and you know it's those people who are constantly consistently fighting with their ego and and just walking around with so much fear and and i say fear because i think a lot of people like me hear the word ego and they hear pride. And I've learned that ego comes in many forms. Pride might be one of them, but ego truly is fear. Um, and when you, when you get that, when you get that word change and you start using the word ego and replace it with the word fear, that's truly where, um, you know, abusers are operating from. They're operating from a fear, from fear-based, right? Their fear is taking over them because they are so afraid to lose the power. They're afraid to lose that control because they don't know what will happen if they do, you know? And, and it might be like, maybe it's because they were never in control of their lives before. Maybe it was, be, maybe it's because, um, you know, they witnessed dad doing it to mom or mom doing it to dad. Um, maybe because something didn't go right in their, in their world at some point. And the way that they're able to keep everything together is by controlling and by having power over someone else. Um, whatever the reason is, uh, the point is, is to understand what that reason is, accept it, and do that work around that because it's okay. It's okay to say I've made mistakes. I mean, I totally made mistakes. I'm a survivor, but that doesn't mean that I'm the healthiest person on the planet either, right? I think we all have a collective work to do. Like we all need to understand ourselves so much better than we than we do. Um, but when you release that control and say, you know what? Like I'm not perfect and I have work to do on myself. That is like the first step. Right. And like, they kind of teach you that in like the 12 step program when you're in like AA. And I only know that because, um, I had, um, a parent figure, um, who was a recovering alcoholic and drug addict. And so I used to go to AA meetings with him at a very, very early age. And so like, I know the serenity prayer and like all these different things. And that's one of the things that they teach you is just like to, to let go, let go and let faith and let God and, accept that you cannot, you know, you, you cannot um, change everything.
right? And so, but you, but you can change yourself. You have a choice. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can choose to do so differently every single day. I agree. I agree. I agree. Oh, man. The work that that I put into myself the last near two years. And I'm going to do another little bit of an expose right here. My title, if people do not understand me or really are confused, is called Black Lions Roar and they are magic. So Black Lions Roar pretty much is my life's story wrapped up in five pages about Mm -hmm. my relationship with the internet to where I am now. And yesterday was the end point. And I repeat, Blair, and I know you're listening, my dear. I cannot go any further than that. That is the end of Black Lions Roar. Black Lions Roar 2, or whatever I'm going to call my follow-up, true follow-up for They Are Magic 2, begins right now. Now, now. Until we get to the point of uh, They Are Magic 2. So, sorry, Blair. Please forgive me if you send me a redo. (laughs) Please forgive me, hon. I'm sorry, but I cannot take Black Lion's Roar past yesterday because that was the point. Yesterday's point was on, I mean, this thing that we're doing now, universal grounding. That's the fine end for me. I'm living in my truth. Now, will other people accept it? I'm praying. I'm hoping people will love and accept it completely. Put it out into the universe. Hmm? We'll put it out into the universe that people will love it and accept it. Yep. I know you like it, Blair, for what it was, but I don't know if you like it as uh, what I sent you. (laughs) We shall see. And I understand that it may not be edited by Mandy Candy this time. It may be edited by somebody else. And I will not say that person's name out of respect (laughs) because they have not talked to Zachary Shiloh yet. I believe not yet, but she may. She may. We'll see. So Black Lions Roar Kids, again, is basically my rise to fame, quote unquote, if you want to really use that terminology. I'm still in awe of my own journey, like how this thing, the internet, went from being a hobby where I was printing up stuff that kids would be printing up to being a podcaster who's lost mega tons of weight and he's working alongside entrepreneurs like like this is an absolute dream come true i've said this to blair i've said this to other people in our uh, little magic family like how much of a big deal this is to me i get to go to sleep every night knowing that i'm an author 
that I'm working alongside the best people on the planet, in my point of view. And nobody can take that away from me. Absolutely. And that's exactly why I did it, is that it was like, a friend of mine asked me and they were like, you know, should I do this? Should I write and, and do this project? And I was like, listen, if you do, nobody can take it away from you. Like, that's what I, you know, yeah, it's not going to give you a college credit. No, you're not going to make money off of it. No. I mean, you could maybe potentially, um, Mm -hmm. you know, there is a way to generate income. Right. But that's not the point of it. Right. Like, or at least that wasn't the point of it for me. I don't want to speak for everyone else, but the point of it was for me was, was that wasn't the point of it was to make money on, you know, uh, to get a college credit for it or anything like that. Um, it was for me and it was for me to be part of something permanent. And that is, and that, that permanency, nobody can take away. And that's exactly why I did it. And that's exactly why my, my good friend, um, I call who I call lady. I call, I call her like five different names. Uh, I call her lady, lady, lady D Sandra, um, Stephanie. Yeah. I mean, listen, she would be such an amazing person to talk to. Um, because she is just like, she's like a mat, like she literally has like three master's degrees. She's one of the most brilliant people that I know. Um, and her heart is so incredibly huge. Um, and she, um, she ended up, you know, when I told her that, like, listen, like no one can take this away from you. It is a permanency that will forever be there. It it will be in print and you will be a published author and you might even be a number one best-selling author. And she said, you know what, you're right. And she did it and she went for it. And, um, I'm just so happy that she did, you know what I mean? Because like, she's like kind of like you know she's definitely not kind of she's definitely like one of our people like she's you know she's part of our community so ow that's great kids that that is what this is all about yeah taking your dreams from little to something that means a world to you and can make a difference in this crazy world where donkeys and elephants are trying to keep the populace divisive. Mm-hmm. Not really talking about what brings us all together. Mm-hmm. She just wept, as the uh, British would say. Boy, that's then- why Zachary Shiloh and his spiritual mommy, Linda. Hi, Linda, if you're listening. Hi, Linda. Why, we're going to try and help you guys get to the flow state because we need more lovings in this world. And not only do we need more lovings, we need more independence. True independence where the people, the true people, can actually get along. And by way of doing so, I believe it. And I think I can speak for Linda that we need more people in the flow and when you're in the flow you're in the know and you're on the go and it's a beautiful 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 world and uh we have somebody very special that will join us i can say it now kids 
Tuesday when we actually are recording what's now being called Doing Business in the Flow. Dear Jenna Chan over here, which translates in Japanese to Jenna Love, will be joining us for our recording, our first recording. And she will be exposed to the flow eventually too, because she's got a little bit of energy in her. And I could feel like she's got some good hidden potential. Zachary Shiloh, feel it. Yeah, yeah. And I believe in all your potentials out there too. I'm not giving up on you kids out there too. No way, no way. We're gonna actually get you going and flowing too. I'm like super excited, oh, right. super excited for this uh, doing business in the flow. I am very excited about it. Um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, until then, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think I'm gonna see if my kids are alive. First of okay. all, I stopped hearing. <laughs> I stopped hearing noise, which to me is like, there's a problem outside. <laughs> um, so I should probably check on that because we've been talking for a little bit now. But uh -oh. I'm just so excited uh, to do um, the, next, uh, the next interview with you. Um, and I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I know we tried to do this a few times and, um, you know, technology is such a pain in the ass sometimes, um, <laughs> you know, it's such a pain in the ass and I get it. I, I'm literally in awe that nothing disrupted us today. And I'm just so grateful that it didn't, but I think we had one of the best conversations out of the other times that we spoke. This was, this was a very fruitful conversation. Um, and I'm just so, um, I'm just you know, grateful that you decided to interview me and bring me on uh, this show. And for anyone who wants to contact me, my website is uh, www.jennamariehernandez, that's J-E-N-A-M-A-R-I-E-H-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z.com. See, I owned it. My website is my name, my full name. Um, oh. And, you know, if this, you know, if, if this podcast, you know, strikes you, please, please do not hesitate to uh, contact me. If you're friends with uh, Zachary Shiloh on Facebook, you can find me on his friend list. Um, and let's, you know, let's build this community up. Let's do it. Like we've met so many in incredible people in the last, like just in the last like two or three months. Um, oh, wow that we should just continue to build this community stronger and bigger, um, you know, for, for other like-minded folks out there who are just ready to take on this world. In this oh, Jenna Love, let me tell you before I let you go, and you actually uh, give me two more people to be recommended. Uh, oh, yeah. I got some people on the way on uh, universal grounding. I've spoken to them today nice uh i think i can announce it i believe i can because they actually are nice and they would want me to actually be known all right so joining me eventually <clears throat> for universal grounding kids will be heather scott from she is magic 
who was recommended by Stephanie Mahoney yesterday. I love Heather, she's great. She's actually somebody who has a, a disease that causes her hair to fall out. She runs a wig business and for every wig that she sells, she sells, she sends it off to charities and she makes sure that little kids are taken care of. I love her. And her story made me cry. It was maybe the most touching story I've read thus far. And I'm not discounting anybody's story, especially your story. No way. Uh, and you'll actually be jumping up and down for joy when I say this next person's name. <clears throat> One, Crystal Ann Davis, who is our coach, our mentor, our pal. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I love that. That's great. Keep and I'm, get, and I'm getting the rare ones. The rare ones. I'm gonna I'm gonna text my friend Lady and see if she'd be willing to uh, to hop on with you as well. I think she'd be a great person to interact. And will you be able to give me two more people in private? Maybe, maybe I will do I will do my magic. I make shit happen, remember? So oh yes, you do, huh? That's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> All right, kids, it is time to let Jenna Chang go. And she has been a wonderful, wonderful guest. She's already basically given me what I needed and also no need to really ask her the million dollar question of what I can do for her because she's pretty much said it throughout this episode. Like everybody else, keep doing what I'm doing, kids, because we got work to do and we got things to bring you on the way, like doing business in the flow. So keep an eye out for that on Tuesday. Yes. All right, gentlemen. Well, thank, thank you, you, everyone. Thank you for listening. And thank you very much, Zachary. All we'll right. talk soon. All right. And with that, kids, we are over. Bye.